Welcome back to another episode of Sustainability in the Sea, an ocean-minded podcast produced and hosted by the Conservations Collective. My name is Carissa, my co-host is Alex, and we're here to help inspire and educate you on how to dedicate your life to conserving our oceans. So we're really passionate at the Conservations Collective about making dedicating your life to ocean climate solutions simple and straightforward because we need everybody to be involved. And so we're really thrilled that this episode actually highlights um, and answers all the questions that we get in our inboxes every day, which is, you know, what do I major in? How do I start now? What was your path? What schools did you go to? What classes did you take? How can I make sure that I'm on track to do um, marine biology long term? And so there's no right way to get there, but um, we do share our paths to get there to help, um, you know, inform yours and, you know, give you some some background on um, how we got to the shoes that we're in right now. But before we get into the episode, I I just want to make a really exciting announcement that we just launched sustainable ocean-minded merchandise at the Conservationist Collective, and it's live right now. So you can speak up for the ocean with the way you present yourself to the world and what you wear. And now all of us can wear what we love, which is the ocean. So there's 12 pieces in the collection. All of them are made to last. They're made to order which means that there's no waste. There's only going to be what people order. It's a small batch collection. Um, and all of the pieces are certified, um, sustainable as in like ethical wages. It's called a wrap certification. I talk more about it on our social media if you want to check it out. And then many of the pieces also incorporate um, sustainable fabrics like organic cotton or recycled materials like recycled plastic water bottles. So go check it out. Things are really cute. I'm not just biased. Now we can all speak up for the ocean. Hey, hey guys. Welcome back. I'm so excited to get into this week's episode. Same. I think it's really going to serve like a lot of people. I mean, this is honestly the question that I get, questions that I get <laughs> every day. And I, I mean, you know, I feel like so guilty not being able to respond to everybody. Yeah, but there are just so many. They come in constantly. Well, there's so many of the same questions. So we thought, what better way to deal with that than to just make an episode that we can direct people to to get their answers to these questions. Yeah, and it'll be here forever. Yeah, we do have uh, frequently asked questions for aspiring marine biologists on our website, the Conservations Collective. It's a blog post. Yeah, it's a blog post, but it's mostly like advice, like mm -hmm. general advice, like kind of gives you like a breakdown of how the field works and like different niches. Yeah. This is, I think, more specific. It's going to be like our path. Yeah, kind of how we got here. And there's many different routes that you can take. Oh my gosh, infinite amounts of routes. But I think what I found with the people who reach out to me in my messages and over email, it's like, they really want concrete. Like, what What did you actually do? What did you do? What to did you get do? To and I'm like, <laughs> there's no right way to get where we are, but we'll just give you our way. Yeah. Or, and which was, you know, twisty and turny and all those things. Which it always is. So expect that. Okay. So <laughs> let's start with um, Alex. How did you decide you want to be a marine biologist? So, and wait, wait, for the just a disclaimer for the purposes of this episode, we just use marine biology as the trigger word for this entire field. I work in conservation. I don't study biology anymore. Mm -hmm. I do resource management, essentially. Yeah, and like outreach, fisheries and outreach. Yeah. So, but we just use marine biology as a, as a umbrella term. Okay, yeah. so how'd you, how'd you choose that? So I knew that I was really interested in marine biology at a young age when I would always go to San Francisco with my family and just see all of the California sea lions. Oh, at Pier, what is it? Yeah, Pier 39. 39. 
Yeah, that was it. I would I would I would watch them and I would observe them. The drama. I know, and sometimes like my family would go walk around. (laughs) You just stay. I would just sit there and watch them, and sometimes I take photos. Sometimes we would take notes even, and I was like, I don't know what I was taking notes on either. I was like, oh. Oh, I'm studying them. The big one got in the water. (laughs) The big one barked. But yeah. How old? How old were you? Um, probably started at like 12 and then kind of all throughout high school. Okay. So like formative years, which is also one of the reasons why we do middle school curriculum at the Conservationist Collective, because that's, I feel like the time when you're like, let, uh, I'm, I know what I like. Mm -hmm. I don't know how it's going to turn into a job, but I know what I like. Exactly. So, um, okay. So you you were 12 or 13. Uh, So I had like some great ocean experiences but because i lived in a landlocked state they were always so special like because mm-hmm. it wasn't available like to rare. me yeah. yeah rare and unique and sparkly so i mean i knew i liked the ocean but i wanted to do be a photographer actually um i always liked camera stuff and was taking a lot of photography classes in high school and then um i was in an ap english class and me and my best friend cat shout out cat we had to like do a report on a documentary and there was like a list of documentaries that we got to choose from and i just chose the one that was about dolphins because <laughs> obviously and um it was the cove which anyone listening if you've watched the cove you know what i'm about to say if you haven't watched the cove you should go watch the cove um it's a really emotional uh documentary about the taiji drive hunt for dolphins for the captivity industry and for the meat trade and um it i, I just i formatively remember me and cat sitting on a couch in my room at a couch in my room and um <laughs> and we were just crying and um i was like i have to do everything like in my power to like protect these animals the drama so look at you now i know i'm the same <laughs> okay so i would say that was when i decided and i didn't really know what that meant i just knew like i really always felt connected to animals feel connected to the ocean like want to do something with, with ocean animals Ooh. so so then like you know came time to apply for colleges i mean you you had a few I wasn't accepted everywhere, but you were accepted multiple places, right? Weren't you going to do like a sport? Well, yeah, I was thinking about doing a sport in college and then I decided not to do that. And for I Marine also, Bio? No, I was go. I went to college for engineering. Originally. Originally. Wow. And I took one quarter That's engineering hard. and learned that I don't like to code. Little did I know that in grad school of Marine Bio, I would spend a lot of my time <laughs> coding. So. Well, with engineering too, it's like, those first classes are the weed out classes. Yeah, they, so got they weeded you out. Okay. But I was I was very much 50-50 on if I wanted to go engineering or marine bio. And I kind of was like, oh, engineering sounds good. And then when I decided, actually, I don't really like this. It wasn't a hard like yeah. transition for me mentally. So why did you choose the college you went to? Yeah, so I went to UC Santa Cruz. And they had a pretty good... Um, marine bio program even though that's not the like main reason i went there they didn't have a good engineering program so i got kind of lucky wait why did you go there then i just liked that it was near the ocean <laughs> <laughs> aren't most, aren't most co- california colleges near the ocean i wouldn't say most you wanted a surf town just say it well yeah but <laughs> i wasn't like a i wasn't a big surfer then so i wanted to just you surf. wanted the surf culture you wanted the aesthetic I just wanted to be near the ocean. Okay, okay. Whether, like, whatever that meant, near the ocean. And that's how I chose. And Santa Cruz also, like, the campus itself is kind of, like, up in the mountains. Although it's, like, a 10-minute drive down to the beach. So yeah, cliff sides yeah. and stuff like that. Nice. Well, I went to the University of Arizona. And um, I we were, I was offered, I was on a full-ride academic scholarship. So I really had no 
no other option. I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't gonna go anywhere else. Um, yeah, if you get a, like, a scholarship like that, take it and make make the like, yeah. Of it I don't know if you need someone to tell you this, but don't don't regret don't not take your scholar any scholarships yeah. you're offered. Yeah. So it was in state, so I could go to any of the Arizona schools on full ride. So there's three schools in Arizona, and I chose the three. There's three big ones, whatever the ones that were eligible for the scholarship, and I chose the U of A because um, actually they had the highest ranking marine bio program. Actually, they never had a marine bio program, but they had a high ranking um, science program. So, um, and it was also far, but not that far. And it just made a lot of sense. I had a cousin that um, is my closest person to me that was there. And so and a lot of my friends were going. So I chose that. And then, um, you know, that's a whirlwind when you go to college <laughs> and have to, I, I knew I was gonna do, I knew I ultimately wanted to do marine bio, but, and my dad, um, who really helped shape my education journey was like, all right, let's like meet with an advisor and figure out like how you're gonna do this because they don't actually have a marine bio major. Wow, so, that's cool though that you got that experience. I mean, we all have advisors in college, right? Was yours, what? I had a poor advising experience. Oh no, I feel so bad for people who say that because it is so difficult as a student to figure out like what credits you need and what classes you need yeah. to meet your requirements. And if you don't have an advisor just telling you you're, so you're, my advisor told me what credits I needed and what I needed to take, but they like thought I wanted to be on this like five year track. What? Why? Did you tell them that? And, oh, that's just what they were like. Oh, it, this is what most students do because that's the most feasible. Like what? And so it was like, yeah, I was like, no way. So I graduated in like a quarter short. So less, slightly less than four years, mm -hmm. but still I was like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm good. Yeah, Santa Cruz was on the quarter system for those listening too, yeah, which all is the UC a different framework. So, um, yeah, how did you decide, or when did you switch your major? It was literally after the first quarter. So, so after 10 weeks of school, I was like, all right, time to switch to biology. So what was your new major? It was bio? It was marine biology, which was a specific- Was it a BA or a BS? No, BS in marine biology, which is really cool that Santa Cruz had that because a lot of schools either have like a minor in marine biology or like you can get a BS yeah. in- um, evolutionary and ecological biology like you did I think yeah so I was like I felt and then did you get a minor I did I got a minor in education was that like planned or was it sometimes you just get far along and they're like if you take one more class you have a minor that's kind of what happened although like I was interested at the time at being a teacher or like I like the idea of it well look at us now <laughs> podcasting informal education <laughs> which is way better than being a teacher in my opinion but yeah oh but we still need marine bio teachers so just like if you're listening yeah yeah don't don't give it up <laughs> <laughs> so i basically was told like you can choose any of the biologies and that'll like you know be a good foundation i think at the time i didn't know this but my dad <laughs> told the advisor like oh she's gonna go to grad school I'm like whatever so <laughs> I got, by any of the biologies, what do you mean? There was like a general biology, there was chemistry, there was biochem, there was EEB, which is what I chose, evolutionary and ecological biology. There were many cellular, others. Cellular, cellular and molecular, all this other stuff. And I was like, all right, well, I love ecology. And uh, there was always like a unit in ecology in high school classes. And mm -hmm. it was always, it came easily to me. It was, it was it's animal focused, right? So I majored in EEB, um, went through the weed out classes. At U of A, there was a really strong chemistry requirement for my for my uh, major. It was so hard, you guys. Yeah, like that Ochem. Right? Yeah, you didn't even have to take Ochem. No, this makes this. me like not respect Santa Cruz, like deep in my heart, that you don't that but you I don't also have took to. In 
vertebrates. I took yeah. You have to take a bunch of marine all biofocus. All these very specific marine yeah. stuff. So because I didn't have that opportunity, um, I went through the weed out classes, and then when I was a sophomore or a junior, they actually created a marine bio minor, um, nice. which was awesome, right? Because you know, was it like a teacher who created it, or professor? I mean, there or? were like a few marine bio teachers doing incredible work but they lived in Arizona. They just like traveled for their research or like did research in Mexico, which is very close to Tucson, Arizona. And they really championed the minor establishment and it got established while I was there. And immediately me and my friend Peter were like, yes, that's us. We're going to be taking that. <laughs> and then we, it was right when it was sophomore year, you know, it was right when we got to start going into our upper divisions, oh, which nice. is the most rewarding part of college. You guys, the first two years, you're just like, Maybe you're partying, you're overwhelmed, you're being weeded out, you're doing stuff that you're never gonna use. I don't know, maybe not. That you know, you're building foundational stuff. And then you get into these upper division classes and you're like, oh, this is my purpose in life. Yeah. And so um So what I actually did was I was able to sneak into some upper divisions as a sophomore. Oh, drama. Because I was so sick of like the weed out and the general like what is it? Called? Is that why your track was messed up though? <laughs> No, no, I should have been, I should have been better that way. Okay. But yeah, I was like, I need to be in some kind of ocean focused classes because all like the genetics, the calculus, <gasps> it was killing me. I almost killed, I almost failed genetics. Yeah, yeah. those are the classes were killing me. So I was like, I need to take a class that I enjoy. Otherwise I feel like I'm going to like drop out almost. Yeah. So. And this isn't something I had like in my head to talk about today, but genuinely, I just want you all to know, like. I, okay, so I had to keep like a certain GPA for my scholarship. I think it was a 3.0. So I'm saying I almost failed genetics, but like C's would jeopardize my um, scholarship. And so check out the tutor resources at your college because I had a bunch of free tutors. I also did this life hack that people don't really know, which is where you, if you take the class at a community college over the summer, it'll transfer over without contributing to your GPA. So I knew I was likely possibly going to fail physics it's my brain doesn't work that way and so i took it to community college it transferred over as credit and then it didn't influence my gpa and um that definitely saved me from losing my scholarship right, during my, yeah my junior year so i mean it makes your summers whatever but it also makes your school year a little easier and i got to take like a little less credits one semester work more things like that yeah. um okay so what classes would you say served us the best in college so during my undergrad phase, it was definitely these very targeted classes, mostly because I enjoyed Do you remember them. the names? Uh, ichthyology. Um, Which is a study of fish. Fish, yeah. Oceanography. I took two different oceanography courses, which is like the... Like biological oceanography or... It was kind of like an all-encompassing. So like biological, physical, geological, geological um, chemical, kind of like encompasses it Those all. are the four types and you can take a class in undergrad that has like each quarter or each segment focuses on each kind. And then in graduate school, you have a dedicated class for each mm -hmm. kind. At least that's our path. Yeah, I obviously love my marine mammal class. Well, you took a marine mammal class. I did, class. I took a marine mammal specific wow. class. <laughs> and then all of my like external, like either classes or um, internship opportunities that I really enjoyed. Yeah. Well, what stuck with you? What did you take away? Well, I guess kind of like I mentioned, there was only a few teachers that were really specializing in this. And so we were just taking classes by the same teachers that were different courses. Um, I My first class was a marine conservation class. And that was, my, cool. that was my first ever conservation class taught by Dr. Katrina Mangan. 
I love her. I should email her and just be like, you changed my life in so many ways. And um, that was my first exposure to conservation, like in any way. And um, I remember did my first, I took it as a sophomore too. So it was my first upper division class nice. ever, right when I just got the marine science minor. And I did like my first presentation was on oil spills. And I just remember how, and like how it implicates like ecological function of ecosystems and also like species and how it messed them up. And I just remember, I have all these memories from that class, but I remember just feeling like so excited to go do my project. And then I remember giving the presentation and she had me stay after class. We were, we were, we were homies. And she was like, Carissa, can I give you, like, I need to tell you something. And, she, and I was like, what? And she was like, negative information doesn't inspire people to make change. And I was like, oh, you mean me talking about the fish larvae and how the fish stocks are going to die because of the oil isn't helpful? And, she, <laughs> and she's like, no, you have to find a way to frame it positively. And I was really resistant to that for a while, but here we are and she's right. So, uh, <laughs> she's definitely, she's right. definitely right. But I learned a lot. I learned about like sustainable seafood. I learned about, I actually did, we did one project where I made like a website and a blog. It was my first exposure to ever making one of those, cool. which now we do and use yeah. those skills all the time for nonprofits. Um, so that was one class. And then I took a class, I'm forgetting the name, but I think it was conservation. It wasn't ocean focused. It was just, oh, conservation biology. And it was taught Dr. Margaret Evans. God, I can't even remember this stuff. <laughs> and it was about, she was a tree, tree specialist. She focused oh, on like true. using tree rings for how they're, you know, affected by fires and things like that. And dendroecology is the discipline, but, um, the way she taught was so inspiring and I just learned so much about things that I would have never cared about. And then I took, um, so I, and then I ended up TAing for her the next semester and that was really great. And there were a lot of others, but in general, it was just the upper division classes are the ones that I remember. And specifically the projects that I had to do as part of those, um, really like shaped me into who I was. I remember, or I guess we'll, we'll talk about that a little later. Yeah. And I guess like what would, be our stories for how we decided and when we decided and why we decided to go to graduate school is a good question that I get a lot. You want to go first? So, sure. I'm kind of embarrassed. <laughs> um, but so I... No, no one will hear this. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, so I applied after graduating. So I graduated like... Early, right? Oh, yeah. A handful of weeks early. Um, not that much, but a handful of weeks early. And during that last quarter and after I graduated, I applied to close to a hundred jobs and didn't really get any of them. That's a very common track. I'm just going to let everyone know. It's really hard to get a marine bio job if you don't already have an in and if you um, have a just a BS. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating. It's but that's, frustrating. That's kind of what I like realized was that, oh, a lot of these jobs either say like you need a master's degree or two to three years of experience. And at that point, I was not getting any like calls back from any of the jobs I applied to. So I was like, oh, I might as well apply to grad school. So I applied to grad school on Didn't a whim. you apply to grad school before? You have to apply in the fall of the previous year. So here's also where I made a mistake. <laughs> oh, no, no. Because <laughs> I didn't do that because I was like, I'm done with school. Then realized I <laughs> need to go back to school. And the school that I happened to get into was like, oh, we're taking late applications. Anyone who wants to You come. were a late applicant? Well, no, they had a later deadline, I'm saying. Then, Which was December. Yeah, it was like, I don't know what the timeline was. I can't remember, sorry. It was, do, ever, all graduate applications are usually due around December or January. 
okay, maybe it was January. So I missed the December. Okay. And I was able to make the January deadline. Oh, I do remember this because HP was a late application. It was a late application. Me. Yeah, and all the other ones, I was like, oh, all these other schools are interesting, but I missed the I missed the deadline, so I just couldn't apply. And I also like we in our program had an option for like a thesis track where like you do a project or an applied track where you kind of it's kind of like a sum of everything you get experience in every little like niche or hookah that there is. Um, and so I was like, oh, I'll do a thesis. But little did I know you were supposed to have your project, have your advisor, all this like ready before you apply. You're supposed to be in contact with these people. And so I just checked off the box, submitted it, and was like, all right, kicked my feet up and like, Dude, waited. I, I eventually got an email and it was like, hey, are you still interested in a thesis track at Hawaii Pacific University? I was oh. like, oh, I guess I am. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. That's my story. All right. I just want I just want to say to everyone that's a very Alex story. Um, that is. I'm sorry. That's that's <laughs> probably not, not the best advice. It's not how real life works, which is how everyone. How did you get here? Just stop it. It's not. It's not like that. <laughs> so I was like, graduate school is is my track. I'm doing it. Yeah. And I'm. How many not... places did you apply? Well, okay. Here's a. <laughs> so I I had to pay for everything myself, and um. Also, yeah, cost quite a bit of money to cost so for, much for you also have to like take the gre and that costs money and then you have oh, to like study the for the gre and that costs money and all that you gotta buy the book and all this stuff so i was like cool my parents were like we're not helping you and i was like <laughs> okay i don't have any money <laughs> for the applications so i need to choose like six which was you guys thousands of dollars that was thousands, yeah, that's, that's yeah, what, I, thousands of dollars from when we applied but i remember I, it was like 250 dollars per application yeah and, and i knew that my cousin the previous cousin I mentioned had just gone into law school and she had to cover a lot of her stuff. So I kind of knew that it was going to be expensive. And so I was like, okay. And I was waitressing, which is easy cash money if you guys know what I mean. And so I just picked up a bunch of shifts, paid for it that way. And I just wanted to go to, I just wanted to go to California, you guys. That's all I wanted to do. I, me and my dad went over to Northern California to do some interviews with some advisors because you're supposed to do that. And, um, they had earlier deadlines and um, yeah. And I just was casting a wide net as wide as I could. Um, I would really suggest that if you have the resources and time. Mm -hmm. And also you need to be like emailing advisors in, in August, just like a heads up. Yeah, at least. So. Hi everyone, it's me. I'm just popping in to tell you that this episode of Sustainability in the Sea is actually sponsored by ESG Review, which is a magazine that's published quarterly for free online and in print. Um, that focuses on environmental, social, and governance strategies so that, you know, we can do the work that we're all trying to do here um, at the Conservationist Collective. So ESGReview.net is updated every single Wednesday with news stories and has many feature articles and news items and more that's related to environmental, social, and governance strategies. And I'll link it in the show notes, but basically I think it's a really good tool if you want to stay informed and help spark collaboration and awareness that we all need to develop sustainable economies and communities around the world. So yeah, pretty great sponsor. All right, let's get back to it. So then my friend, um, I reached out to so my cousin, Sophia, and she was like, I know one person who's a marine biologist. Let, why don't you put me in touch with, or I'll put you in touch with her. I reached out to her. She was at HPU. She said, you should at least apply. You'll definitely get in. Or I guess she didn't say that, but she was <laughs> like, just apply. And I did. 
and um, they were accepting late applications. So it was helpful. I didn't understand applied versus thesis. So I just said that I wanted to work with marine mammals. They reached out to me in February and they were like, what do you want to do thesis or applied? Which I was like, oh, that's a good sign, right? And then I ended up getting in. Um, I actually remember specifically getting rejected from like my quote dream school. And I was like crying in class. And then like later that day, I got the HPU admission nice. one and I was like, I'm moving to Hawaii. I just bought a car, just got a, <laughs> just got a dog, Riley. She's featured in a lot of these episodes. And um, I was like, I guess I got to figure out how to, how to get there. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I don't know. And then like, I guess a lot, another question that I get a lot is how did we actually specialize? Because we focus on a lot of like um, staple niches areas in marine bio that I think a lot of people want to be part of. Oh, I wanted to say the person who recommended this school is a really good friend of ours. She's now a doctor, Gabby Lau, and we actually have an episode um, interviewing her. She does social responsibility in fisheries and human rights, which is incredible. And uh, you can go listen to that episode. Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Just got, <laughs> just got to plug her. Her work's so incredible. It is. Um, yeah. So I guess, how do we specialize? Are you even specializing in college? I guess that's the real question. Is like, they're like, we want to work in corals. I don't know. Uh, my opinion is you're not specializing in college. I think you're doing everything and anything you can. At least that was my technique. Like I worked in the forest. I worked with some fishery stuff. I worked with um, like ecology and ecosystem type work. And it's really just to gain whatever experiences you can. Because yeah. experiences are like applicable to many different that's what gets you your job. Yeah, they're applicable to making different jobs and tasks and skills. And so I know you like you'll use like if you focus on a project, like I mentioned in a class, like that's what you use to get your internship, and then mm -hmm. you use the work you did in your internship to get your job and all that stuff. And I, I remember specifically like I was in a um, like an animal physiology class. It was so hard, and we had to do a project on like a physio physiological mechanism. We had to do like an entire literature review and then present what we learned. And I was like. I'm doing this on dolphin echolocation and I learned all the physiology behind echolocation as an undergrad. And that was so helpful, right? Whereas like, I know people who cared about the ocean, but then chose like a terrestrial animal to research. And it's like, that's when you're given those opportunities where you have freedom to choose, choose the things that you ultimately want to do later. Mm -hmm. So like then in graduate school, we had like a literature review, right? And they're like, okay, you're going to spend all semester researching one thing. And it's like, okay, I'm going to do marine mammals or one was a, I was in a marine mammal class and they had us do a literature review. And did you have to do a literature review in your marine mammal class? Mm, I don't think so. Yours was undergrad. So mine was yeah. a graduate level marine mammal class. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to choose a species that I ultimately hope to work with one day, which was orcas. And I researched like persistent organic pollutant accumulation in orcas in the Pacific. And like that, choose what you ultimately want. If your dream is to work with orcas, then every time you're given a project or opportunity in a course, choose orcas, right? Because yeah. then you, when you're interviewing with a potential advisor, you're going thesis track, you can be like, I actually already know all this stuff about mm -hmm. this one. Specific all that thing. background yeah. information already says. Yeah. How would you say you, I don't know. So I'll kind of say that kind of the opposite, but. What? You disagree? Yeah. <laughs> um, just saying that like opportunities arise and you can find a way to connect different skills and oh, knowledge. Yeah. Because cool. in undergrad, I focused largely on fish, I would say. 
and a lot of like field work and you data literally collection. work in fisheries we'll get here <laughs> so i worked I, this was a lot of like um like the biology of fish and like ecosystem um components i guess what i like kind of liked in undergrad then i went to grad school and did none of that my thesis was on um sediment cores which looked was like long time uh like long time scales yeah long time scales of things in the ocean essentially and then i came back out of it and now i'm working in fisheries which is not necessarily what i looked at or was working on in undergrad but because i just gained skills and skills along the way and i was like able to demonstrate them to potential employers on how i can oh how i use this experience and how it could be translated into what i need to do for this job yeah, no, that's that's a good idea because when I was work when I was within marine conservation organization, it was just a, it was a club at in college. I took on the education outreach role, and that education and outreach experience, which wasn't focused on marine mammals, helped. When I was volunteering for a marine mammal lab, I was able to say I have skills in building education outreach programs from totally different concepts, but I know how to build one. Exactly. And then you just applied it. I just applied it to a marine mammal lab. And, yeah. and now we're still doing that in different forms nowadays. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think some, I guess for some high level key takeaways that you can, you know, think about for advice is like, there's really no right path, but you do have choices and, and, and decisions that you should make intentionally throughout your schooling. Like if you are given an opportunity or when you're given that freedom to choose certain things, choose intentionally with what you want to specialize in and you might and for those of you listening that don't know what you want to specialize in that just means do the things you're like choose the things you're interested in and then you'll figure out if that's what you want to actually do yeah i don't know do you have any high level key takeaways my key takeaways are just like apply yourself early and often and just get whatever experience you can because it's going to be applicable in some way or another in my opinion. Yeah. And, you know, capture a log of what that experience is. It'll really help you. That's so, really smart. Yeah. I didn't do that. I'm Me neither. It, but, it's a, but it would be really helpful. And like looking back. Yeah. So I hope this was super helpful and you can use this for your journeys because obviously, you know, at the Conservationist Collective, we believe everybody has a space in ocean climate solutions and working in this field and saving the oceans. And we want you to come quit whatever you're doing otherwise and dedicate your life to it. So save come join us. This is how we do it. Save the ocean. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.